Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I'm not looking to drag New York City. I'm not looking to rag on New York City. I love this city and our peeps in the city. I am not looking to go in on New York City ever, really, but especially this week, especially on a week when NYC looks like a terrifying post-apocalyptic hellscape. And I'm sure as hell not going to pile on from SoCal. Again, and if you're watching the images on CBS Sports Network, you see what I'm talking about. There is that hellscape. I love New York City. I love our TV crew that is currently operating out of that terrifying post-apocalyptic hellscape as a result of those raging Canadian forest fires. I really do not want to end the week salting that wound. If anything, New Yorkers need a pick-me-up right now. However, one thing is for damn sure, they're not going to get that pick-me-up from their baseball team, not from the New York Mets. In fact, Mets baseball makes that post-apocalyptic hellscape look and feel like a clear and breezy summer day by comparison. You know that one day when you all come out in Central Park, like that, that first day, you're all out there, you're roller skating, you're jogging, your shirts are off, you're hanging out. By comparison, it looks like that. Like, if New York is a post-apocalyptic hellscape right now, then I don't even know what you'd call the Mets. Their whatever is way worse than that. Or, I guess you could just say, New York City looks like the Mets are playing right now, right? Because not only did the Mets just get swept by their arch rivals in Atlanta last night to make it six straight losses and drop them three games under 500 and into fourth place in the NL East, all of which, I don't care where we are in the calendar, is unacceptable, But they did that in the most excruciating, most pathetic, most Mets way ever. They lost all three games in that sweep after leading all three games by at least three runs. That's not easy to do. And of course, the series ended on an extra inning walk-off because of course it did. How else could it end? Poor Larry the Crown. Oh, man. It's time to eat. That will do it. (laughs) I missed it. It was 13 to 10, not 13 to 11. You sure did (laughs) miss it. But Mr. Albies did not miss that one. Oh, did that get out in a hurry. What a game. What a game. This was fun. I told y'all it couldn't end up any other way. Exactly. It could not end any other way. Somehow the Mets managed to be astonishingly awful and also unbelievably predictable at the exact same time. It actually would be impressive if it wasn't so, I don't know, the exact opposite of impressive. Pathetic. That's the word I'm looking for. Pathetic. These dopes. 
lost the last two games of this series, even though they sent 86 mil in salary to the mound to start those two games. But apparently Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander cannot save the Mets from being the Mets. And apparently no amount of money can stop the Mets from being the Mets. And they're doing their best to prove it once again this year. Check these numbers out. Take this for data. Did you know this team not only has the highest payroll in baseball, they have the highest payroll in the history of baseball. And by a lot. No team has ever had a payroll north of 300 mil until this year. The Mets payroll is 345 mil. A full 66 million more than the Yankees. 66 million is the entire Baltimore Orioles payroll. And Baltimore is currently 14 games over 500. Just like the Braves. The Mets are three games under. What could possibly be more Mets than that? Which is why Met fan is in full-blown season over already mode. Already. It's June 9th. And even though this is the team with the highest payroll ever, that was supposed to be World Series contenders, Mets fan thinks the season is over already. On June 9th. <laughs> and for some reason, my guy, and I love him, I always have, my guy Buck Showalter decided to make it all even more humiliating after the game. And again, I want to be very clear about this. I like Buck a lot. I've always liked Buck. I think Buck is a damn good manager. And so about a month ago, he was actually doing a really nice job with the Mets. So I really like this guy. I always have. But I hate what he said after that game last night. After that humiliating sweep to their arch rivals where they blew three three-run leads in a row. What you absolutely cannot do is tell the New York media how proud you are of that team. What is the challenge when... You have losses like this piling up of, of keeping the right mindset as a group. I think tonight's game was an indication of that. And the second game here and the first game here, guys came in here and competed there as good as you want to see. You know, scored 10 runs tonight against one of the best pitchers in the league. And uh, I'm real proud of them. You know, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities there to fold the tent. These guys aren't going to do that. And, you know, Pete being down and they don't, I'm proud of them. I look at it as positive other than, uh, you know, we just ran out of, couldn't get out. Hey, Buck, my guy. I know you're trying to keep them up. I know you don't want to pile on. But come on, man. I got to go Johnny Mac on you here. You cannot be serious. You cannot be serious. You're proud of them? I mean, what are you? La Cap? I mean, it's not failure at all. Are you trying to channel your inner Giannis? There's no failure in sports. No, there absolutely is failure in sports. And the last three Met games are some of the best evidence that you will ever find when it comes to finding failure in sports. You're proud, Skip? Proud of what? You look at that as a positive? How? What is positive about that? You just got completely humiliated by your biggest rival. How is it a positive when you get swept and you blow all three games that you let in? How is it positive when you have no composure? How is it positive when you decide to poke the bear? Because the Mets did poke the bear, and they brought this on themselves. In fact, it was a polar bear. 
a grizzly bear. Well, the polar bear who poked a bear. Because back in the first game of the series, Pete Alonso decided to start chirping from the dugout at the pitcher after hitting a two-run bomb. Found too much of the plate. This dude, throw it again. Throw it again, please. Throw it again. Found this too much of the plate. Yelled. Listen to that. Found too much throw of the plate. Again. Throw it again, please. Throw it again. This is what Alonzo is yelling after blasting a hanging slide piece out of the park. At that point, the Mets led 4-1. And as you know now, they would blow that lead and then blow another three-run lead the next day and then blow yet another three-run lead the next day. And to add insult to injury, of course, Alonzo got dotted. He was hit in the hand on Wednesday, and he hit the I.L. this morning. As if Met fan needed yet another kick in the stick. Although we're getting to a point where Met fan has stick. experienced so many blasts to the package, the Met fan is now completely numb down there. The only thing worse than Alonzo's attempted smack was his attempt to explain the attempted smack. But for me, didn't mean anything by it. Um, I mean, honestly, like, Francisco got a hanging slider, I got a hanging slider, and uh, I asked him nicely uh, to throw another one to Danny. I mean, it's just it's just friendly, competitive banter. And honestly, I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't think it'd be that offensive. But uh, when you have really hot mics in the, in the dugout and when things can be twisted a certain way and my w words can be twisted and you know what it is what it is that's a part of that's a part of playing in in the major leagues yo bro who twisted what you said what twisting was going on and nobody's offended pete they just got over on you you tried to run some lame-ass smack that you could not back up and a much better team stomped your asses for it and you might think that it's friendly, competitive banter, but guess who disagrees? The team that just hammered you. They don't do friendly, and they don't do happy banter either. They don't do nice radio. Nice, nice, They're nasty. Nice radio. And they kick your asses over and over and over and over again. Maybe you guys should take a note or two about that. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? They may be the new, expensive, high-budget, big-money Mets, but absolutely nothing has changed other than the payroll. In every other way, this Mets team looks and sounds exactly like every other Mets team that has been so disappointing. And of course, Met fan is understandably bent. Really bent. Really bent. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it on the phones. I'm seeing it in my mentions. I'm seeing Met fans saying, good, Rome, good. I'm glad you started the program with this. In fact, you know what? I am caught up. What I'm going to do on a Friday, because I can, I'm going to break format. I am going to break format and go right to the calls. I want to hear from you, Met fan. 
I want to hear what you have to say about your team blowing three three-run leads to your arch rival. I want to hear what you have to say about your manager saying, hey, I'm proud of them. They did great. They competed. I like what I see. Yeah, if ever there was a time to break format, now is the time to break format. Now is the time for me to take a telephone call for one of those justifiably pissed off Met fans. Normally, I would never break the format open in the open because the open is really critical for setting the tone and setting the table. But I think given the circumstances in New York City this week, I'm going to make an exception. Hell yes, I am. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to line one. Dylan in New York City. Dylan, I got a feeling I know the answer to the question, but how you feeling? What's up, dude? Terry. Show some f-ing emotion, you old ass, silly ass man. I want to punch the f-ing at you, knock your f-ing teeth out. Now, who's going to be smiling? I will. Never show a smile. I mean, when you do, you're spanking the teammates at you. You're spanking Michael Conforto's f-ing sorry ass. That's what you're doing. So, Terry, goodbye. Have Buck, a Wally Backman come over here. Buck, you mean. I'm going to tell you something about that kid. It gets better and better every time I hear it. So much better that I am going to throw that kid a retroactive golden ticket. Because I've got a golden ticket. Kid. I've got a golden ticket. Wherever you are, wherever you are, if you call on the 30th, I will take your call for the smack off. I know you have plenty to rage about right now. You could win. There could be five Gur in it for you, whoever you are. I'm just saying, the offer stands. I mean, I don't know how old you are now. I don't know where you are in your life now. I just know that as that kid, in that moment, you dropped one of the all-time rants. And I'm a guy who's also known for dropping some of the all-time rants. Game recognizes game, boss. This bullpen is worse than a dead rat. Terrible. We got nobody in the bullpen. We got Salish, Smoker, a bunch of minor leaguers. That's where they belong. Everybody gets hurt on this team. Like somebody, oh, I got a bruise on my toe. Oh, I I need to be out two months. Damn, bruh. This team is just so frustrating. We lose our below average teams. We should be able to beat. Damn, I'm speaking the truth here. You guys can disagree with me. But this team looks like absolute dog <laughs> Like, damn, damn they got no bullpen. They got Jay Bruce trying to do everything here. Wake up, Dan. Your bullpen sucks and your pitching sucks. And uh, Ray Ramirez, learn how to teach these guys how to pitch without getting hurt. Like Ray. Damn, we better win tomorrow. I mean, dude, you're in the field. I I think you may have already won the smack off with that rant. As for the rest of you Mets fans, I wish I could send you all five gur this morning because every last one of you does deserve it for putting up this bullcrap year after year after year after year. And on a week when New Yorkers could have used a nice positive distraction, the Mets just treated them to a bonus post-apocalyptic hellscape instead. Thanks for nothing, same old Mets. However, however, we did give away a golden ticket. 
to that kid, whoever he is, wherever he is, whatever he's doing right now. You're in, kid. Or, guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Tyron Matthew is my guest. Tyron, great to have you back, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Jim. Always good to talk to you. Dude, always good to talk to you. Always good to run you down. So bring me up to date. How you doing? How's your life? How you feeling about things? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, really blessed, man, to, you know, uh, obviously, you know, have the opportunity to, to line up again, man, going into my 11th season. Um, you know, it's been fun being back home. Uh, so uh, it's a lot of excitement, you know, around the team now, you know, with a couple pieces that, that we were able to add and, um, you know, even how we finished the season last year, you know, so I think we have some momentum there, but, you know, family's good, you know, I'm feeling healthy. So life is good right now, man. That's good stuff. I appreciate that. And in fact, I was going to ask you about a few of those things, you know, like almost every single player would love the opportunity to return home and play, but very few get to, and even the ones that do get to will tell you it's not as easy as it seems. So what was it like for you to return home to Louisiana, and then what was last season like for you personally? Well, you know, to be honest, man, it's, uh, you know, it's really a blessing to, to be able to come back home and, you know, not just come back home to, to any team. You know, I, I, you know, obviously this is the fourth franchise that I've, you know, had the uh, opportunity to play for, and, you know, uh, it's one of the best. You know, so it's one of the best organizations, you know, I've been able to be a part of, you know, from coaches to, to players to, you know, management, uh, administration. Um, you know, they really treat their players well. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a good ride for me. Uh, you know, obviously uh, we'd love to, to win more games, which, you know, uh, we're excited about that and, you know, hoping that we could, you know, win a lot more games, you know, this season coming up. I think that's really high praise that you had for the Saints organization because you're right, that is the fourth one you've played for. And the fact is, you're still absolutely putting it in. Last year, you played a career-high 1,129 snaps, and that was in your 10th year. I'm kind of curious, how did you approach the past offseason then? Like, how important is it to reset yourself mentally as well as physically? Yeah, man. I mean, you have to, you have to, um, you have to get away from ball, you know, um, you know, uh, you have to make time for family. Uh, you have to make time for yourself. Uh, but in the midst of all that, you know, you have to make sure that you, um, you know, mentally and emotionally, spiritually, you have to be in the right place to be able to, you know, go out there and, and play every game, try to play every snap, you know, and just be an effective player. So, you know, that's what I tell a lot of these young kids as well. You know, when it's time to play football, it's time to play football. But if you have a chance to to get away from it and try your best to get away from it uh, and mentally and emotionally, you know, recharge and get ready for the next run. Tyron Matthew joining us. Those young kids you speak of, I know they look up to you. I know they admire you. I know that they watch you. And I know that you take the time to work with them and help school them up. When you first came in, who were some of the guys, some of the vets that took you under their wing? And I'll tell you one thing, man. I, I was blessed, Jim, you know, uh, to, to get drafted at 20 years old. You know, obviously, you know, with the history, uh, you know, me getting kicked out of school, 
I couldn't ask for a better situation. Because when I walked in the locker room, I had Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, Calais Campbell, Darnell Dockett. You know what I mean? So, man, I, I was spoiled right off the bat. And, you know, I think all those guys really put me under their wing um, and, and really showed me, you know, how to be a pro. And especially Patrick and, and Larry. Um, you know, those two guys, um, just, just going to work with those guys every day for five for the first five years of my career, uh, watching how those guys move on and off the football field, watching the kind of things they do in the community. Uh, I could not ask for a better situation. And I had a really good coach, too, in Bruce Arian. So, uh, you, you know, I was kind of spoiled, man, when I first came into the league. Boy, Tyron, it's so true, isn't it? Like, we talk about this all the time. You can't pick who picks you, right? But fit is everything, right? How important is fit for any player? It's extremely important. Um, and, you know, I, I probably say this, too. You have to be around people that – that want the best for you, people that absolutely believe in you, um, because that usually brings out the best in us, especially as players. Um, you know, uh, I know a lot of people think it's physical, which it is, but I think a lot of it is psychological as well, too, you know, and that emotional support. And if you could be in the right mindset and have the right people around you that, you know, encourages you to, to be your best version of yourself, um, it's only going to bring out the better player in you. And so um, that's what I tell people, too. You know, try to surround yourself around people that, you know, emotionally support you, people that can bring out the very best in you, because that, that will usually allow you to be a much, much, you know, better football player. Well, that's the truth, isn't it? You always hear that line that you are a product or the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. I think that's indisputable. I think I absolutely believe that to be true. Tyron Matthew joining us. So the biggest offseason addition, you mentioned there's some new faces, but the biggest offseason addition, of course, is Derek Carr. Personally, I think the guy never got the credit that he deserved with the Raiders. I think he always got too much of the blame when he was with the Raiders. I'm curious, what was he like for you to play against, and then how has he looked to you so far in practice? Well, you know, he was always one of those quarterbacks that, you know, kind of kept me up late at night. Um, you know, obviously he's a he's a veteran quarterback, you know, a guy that's made Pro Bowls, a guy that's had success in his league. Um, but, you know, he was always one of those guys that could make every throw. And I think he was always smart with the football as well, too. So, um, you know, he can throw it deep. You know, he knows when to check it down. Um, but most importantly, man, just, you know, going back, uh, just remember when I played against him, he knows how to get the ball to his playmakers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, I know with the Saints now, you know, he has a ton of playmakers that, that you know, he can get the ball to and let those guys go to work. Uh, so, you know, I think that's what I'm really looking forward to is, you know, just watching him put the ball in the right hands and letting those guys go to work. Boy, isn't that the goal, right? Create the mismatch, find the mismatch, get the ball to your guys in open space, let them do what they do. Tyron Matthew joining us. You know, Tyron, I rarely bring up backup quarterbacks, but then again, I don't really know any backup quarterbacks like Jameis Winston. I'm just going to say it. He's like one of my favorite dudes. I love this guy's energy. I love the way he expresses himself. And to me, there's nobody like this guy. What's he like as a teammate? Man, one of the one of the best teammates I've had, you know, and I and I think I've been around some some pretty good, you know, guys, you know, throughout my career. Um man, I mean he, he, he has such good energy, you know. Um he always has a smile on his face. You know, he's always one of the first guys on the football field. Um, you know, he works the hardest. I've uh, never seen, you know, many quarterbacks work as hard as he worked, you know what I mean? And so um, and he's a good guy to have in the locker room, man. I mean, everybody loves him, you know. Um, and you know, I know he, I know he still has what it takes to, you know, uh, 
to win games in this league. He's a very, very talented player. You know, to that point, that he he still has what it takes. He would tell you that, hey, listen, I, I I'm happy where I am, but I'm a competitor. I want to start. Of course, is he in your mind still one of the 32 best? Should he or could he start right now? Yeah, I think, like I said, man, I think he's a very very talented player. Um, I, I think he can make every throw as well, you know. And um, you know, I think a lot of times it's just all. It, it really comes, especially in this business, it just comes down to to staying healthy, being healthy, and being available. And you know, I think had he, you know, had that chance to stay healthy, then you know, I'm pretty sure that, you know. Uh, he could be one of the 32 quarterbacks for, for, for some franchise right now. I mean, Tyron, that's the thing, right? Availability is your best ability for him, for you, for everybody. How much of that is about blind luck? And then how much of that is about taking care of yourself, your mind, and your body? Well, yeah, I think a little bit of luck has to go into it. You know, uh, you know, it's such a combat sport, such a physical sport. Um, you know, you put so much into it, you know, physically, emotionally. Um, but, you know, I think on the other end as well, too. You know, I remember Larry Fitzgerald, you know, uh, just going back and, you know, every day he would get in a cold tub. Every day he had a routine, right? And, every uh, you know, every Thursday he would get a massage, right? And so, um, you know, I think that plays a big part in it as well, you know, too. Um, it's taking care of your body, taking care of yourself, and then knowing your body as well, too. Tyron Matthew joins me for a few more moments. You know, if I can get your thoughts about another great, great wide receiver, because you had some pretty strong comments when the Cardinals cut your former teammate, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you know him so well because you played with him with the Texans. You saw him every day in practice. Is he still an elite receiver in your mind? And is he still somebody who can flat out dominate, take over, and be the final piece for somebody, in your opinion? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've never really been around, you know, a guy like him in the sense that, Man, when game day comes around, there's nobody else that you would want on your team, right? And, you know, he can make every catch. Uh, he's such a physical receiver. Um, you know, uh, he only played a handful of games, you know, last season, but still was very, very productive, right? And so um, I, I think people have to take that into account. Um, you know, in this football business, man, once you, once you get 30 years old, people start looking at you like you're 60 years old, right? And so I, I, think, I think most of us kind of go through that, but – you know, whatever team he ends up on this season, um, you know, I think everybody will see, you know, a much more motivated, you know, DeAndre um, and a much more, you know, complete player. Because I think things like this motivate players. Tyron, do you feel that? Do you feel that people look at you differently or look at you that way now that you're on the other side of 30? Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, this this is a young – outside of the quarterback position, man, this is a young, this is a young guy's sport, right? And so – um, you know, so that's why guys like myself and many others, you know, we just have to t continue to take advantage of our opportunities, um, continue to make plays. And then like we were talking about a couple minutes ago, man, it's all about just staying healthy, right, and being available because, you know, I think a lot of us still have the ability to, you know, get the job done. No doubt, no doubt. You're in the second-year system. Look, you're a guy who's played at a high level for a long time. There's almost nothing you haven't seen, but still, change is not easy for anybody. So I think you had a great year last year, and I know you'll be better this year, provided you're lucky enough to stay healthy because you're the second year in a system. Can I ask you this before you go? And I think, and I ask you this because you're a guy that everybody looks to now. The business is changing, and you've got some young guys around the league that are still violating the league's gambling policy when it seems like the rules are kind of basic. Like, you can't bet on the NFL, you can bet on other sports, but you can't do it while you're at the team facility. I'm curious, like, how do you approach it? Carefully or do you just not mess with it at all? Yeah, I don't I don't mess with it, you know, at all. Um, 
you know, and it's so sad too, right? And, you know, because, you know, a lot of these guys have, you know, worked their whole lives and sacrificed so much, right, to get to this point, right? And I think the NFL um, was all of our dreams, right? Like, and we wouldn't let anything come in between it, right? And so um, you just really wish the best for these players. Um, you you hoping that, you know, they can get educated on it, right? And you hoping that they understand that, Man, it, it, this is a privilege, right, to have this job, to do what we do, right? I mean, it's a it's a kid's game, but we get paid a king's ransom, right, to play this game. And so um, you really just hope that these guys kind of keep that in perspective um, and, and not jeopardize it, right? Because, two, you know, your reputation is on the line, right? And so, you know, things like this can become a distraction to not only yourself and your family, but your teammates, your coaches, the organization that that, that you work for, and so uh, I think it's really just a bad look. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys should be much more careful um, and, and not, not deal with it at all. My man, a pro's pro, 11 years in now, his second year with the Saints, coming off a big year, as I mem- mentioned, a member of the NFL 2010's All-Decade team, Tyron Matthew, my guest. Tyron, I appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate our relationship, and I appreciate you making time for this program. Even now, man, you're the best. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Yesterday was one of my favorite days of Smack Off season, and it is every single year. Every day in Smack Off season is great, but the day that Alvin drops his legendary promo is always a cut above. That's when we truly level up. That's an epic day, and it's been getting more and more epic as the years go on because the promo has been getting more and more epic as the years go on. The promo is just getting fatter and fatter and fatter. The promo is now so fat, it's Mike McCarthy. It needs a fat alarm. In fact, the promo is so morbidly obese that it now deserves the full-on fat announcement. Did I get fat? fat? Are you? Are you? Is anybody not fat? Fat, 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 It's been a minute. Fat. It's been a fat, fat. minute. Fat. 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 Listen, this what says he's fat. Fat and slow. Fat, 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 fat. It's been a minute. It's been a fat minute. Listen, this is not shaming. In fact, this is the opposite of shaming. Good job, Scotty. I like that little fat ass in there at the end. This is the opposite of shaming. This is praising. I absolutely love how chunked out and beefy Alvi's promo has gotten. The promo has gotten so legendary that it's now more than a promo, way more than a promo. It's a segment onto itself, and it's now going on a second segment on a second day. The promo, although it doesn't get a lot of air, 
was able to jump today. It could probably carry an entire program if Alvy wanted to stretch it out. In fact, I know it could. But it was not always so fat. It was not always so chunky. It was not always so huge. As our resident historian butt nuts, er, stuck nut. Again, I'm not making these things up. These are all glosses that have resulted from the program. I would never call a guy that has spent the last quarter century chronicling anything I've ever said on this show butt nuts. But one of you did. Anyway, Stevie, stuck nut, reminded us yesterday that the original Alvy Smackoff promo, his debut Smackoff promo, dropped back in 06. And although this year's version was six and a half minutes or more, The original in 06 was exactly a minute 10. It was an actual promo. It wasn't even supposed to be on the show. It was supposed to be played as an actual ad for affiliates. Remember, we have a couple of hundred plus affiliates. I love jungle nostalgia. This is how you just heard Alvin's promo yesterday. But this is how it started. This is how much it's morphed and evolved. This is Alvin's first promo back in 06. All right. Smack Off 2006. Arguably the most important and listened to day of the year in the jungle. It is the Smack Off. Terrence. <laughs> you always say that. I am Brady. You, Terrence, were across the street at Safeway because they had a dig dug machine that gave five lives instead of three. Rachel in Houston. Keep my name out your mouth. Stevie from LMU. I get benefits and you don't. Joe in Orange County. Where's the mom? Yeah. Gino in San Antonio. It's the Jeff and Phoenix on a car phone show. It's all Jeff. It's all Phoenix. It's all car phones. Jim in Fall River. Hey, yo, player. All those stupid lights on your windshield do is help our local. Local police figure out who to harass after dust. Silk. Don't throw those cans in the trash, dude. Put them in the recycle bin. Jeff in Richmond. I was born and bred for success and achievement. Warren. Stay in your lane, you hillbilly. The defending champ, the Calvin Asian. I'll be lucky if I see a plate of wings from that radio spot. Oh, I, if I can rest assured of one thing, if I do happen to get that plate of wings, you scavengers will be standing over my shoulder asking if I'm going to eat my celery. May 5th, invite only. It's the NCAA Tournament of Callers. One call, one shot, let it rip. That's incredible, right? What a great blast from the past. And what a damn solid promo. That was tight. The whole reason why the promo went from an actual promo to a segment on the show is that I love that one so much, I had to play it. I had to play it, but I needed more and more and more and more. Some of those players back in the day are still players today. And I've loved everyone since then. So I had to keep up the tradition of the promo, which leads to what we now have. That was the first one. That was tight. So tight. 70 seconds. Man, Alvin probably agonized over making that as lean and mean as it could possibly be. Like less than 2% body fat. Not this. This is my 600-pound life. This is the beefiest meatiest, fattest, most morbidly obese smack-off promo that Alvin has ever unleashed onto the jungle. So, in case you missed it yesterday, I want you to compare this to what you just heard. What you just heard was the first ever back in 06. 
What you're about to hear is this year's version. If you missed it yesterday, you're welcome. If you did catch it yesterday, it will be better today than it was yesterday. And I know you're not going to complain. Trust me, it will be better. Alvin, if you are ready, can you run it back? I love it. I've used the word already today to describe something else. But the juxtaposition, the original smack-off promo in 06, that's how it started. That's how it sounded. That was the inaugural. This is what it has grown into. Run it back. Run it back, Alvy. The old man, champion and he did it for the first time caleb in green bay how are you going to celebrate this win probably have some uh, some bratwurst and listen to some polka i don't know we'll figure it out the run you're giving caleb right now is the furthest this dude's ever run in his life the kid is out of breath just listening caleb how many times do i gotta tell you gimmicks are like you they don't work anymore or caleb in green bay winning the 2022 smack off and the eagle river hooters wet t-shirt contest caleb the only haters you have is called physical fitness and mental toughness caleb i'd call more if i was like you no friends and if my mom did my laundry and laid it out of my race car bed anything is possible There are three seasons on the sports calendar. Football season, non-football season, and smack-off season. The smack-off. The date for smack-off number 29 is Friday, June 30th, 2023. Again, smack-off 29, Friday, June 30th. It's a winner-take-all event. Five grand to the winner, zero grand to second place. In fact, nothing at all to second place. Don't worry, you're all winners. Losers. Sean Pendergast, it doesn't matter how much money you make this week. If your heart's going to explode the next friggin' slob, those bones headed my way. My bosom is full, bro. I don't mind being a trophy husband. Come on. You have Jeff in Richmond, who is fake rich, and Dan in Denver, who is real poor. He says, I look like a horse. <laughs> well, Jeffrey Patton, that's better than a prepubescent David Schwimmer as a Bob Big Boy statue. To be clear, this is an invite-only event. The ones that are already in know they're already in. Vic in NoCal. Fizzle gonna do what Fizzle gonna do. You're like Zinyata to me, Jimbo. Kiss-ass little bitch. Oh, yeah? Well, well I wake up at, at, at 1.40 in the morning. King Victor is back, bitches. How's that grab you? Rick in Buffalo. I guess if I was as big a loser as victim, I'd pretend to be other people, too. Vic's next move should be impersonating Cal in Vegas and playing dead. What's going on, bro? Trust me when I say he wouldn't be missed. Benny in Wisco. The reason Rick screamed throughout his call turns out it's because Rick is four foot 11. When Rick makes his calls from the local payphone, he's got to knock the receiver off the hook with a broom and scream at the top of his lungs at it while it's swinging above his head in order for anyone to hear him. Vinny, guess what? B-I-C. I, Ray Craig, letting us know that he is a hobo sexual, and that just means he prefers wrestling with the homeless chick on the most drugs with the largest tent. Mark in Hollywood. Brad, you should retire. You're basically the jungle's gronk. Slow, dumb, you've won a lot thanks to cheating, and you're a poster child for CTE. Cuckold, timid energy. Mark in Hollywood's IMDB page is about as empty and barren as Bella B's womb. From Richmond, Jeff. Oh my goodness gracious, of all the dramatic things I've ever seen, the dirtiest play in the game, Jim. Jeff from Richmond has come back to the smack eye. Jeff in Richmond is 
fat! Hey, Jim, make sure you hold the camera hamburger style. Mark in Boston. I am putting that crown on my head. If I have to take a baseball bat to the person where the power went out. Left in Laguna. War Jacksonville Jaguars, Shahid Khan sporting that big brown lip sweater that looks like he gave him to Najee Davenport. The Cablin Asian. You're either an obese, sweaty, hump, drunkenly rocking a jersey of some player that wouldn't pee on you if you were engulfed in flames, or you're a suburban dad whose wife has already spent the five grand you thought you were winning today. Gino. It's like having the hottest wife Gino. at a party. Gino, God, and dude, shut up already. Just call on Smack Off Day. Make it better for yourself. And there's two other fanboys in Texas, Cold Dork and Buttnuts. I afraid I may be old, suckers, but I won my titles on the real Smack Off Tour, and I'll tell you what I don't need. I don't need to be reimbursed for my expenses. I I don't need my dog's assistance. <laughs> I don't need no soundtrack. Here I am, oh naturel, kicking your ass because I am just better at this than you. The defending champ, Caleb in Green Bay. I don't know how many titles I need to win before I feel like I belong here, but let's not leave any doubt and go back to back just in case, shall we? Caleb versus everybody. Take your best shot, tough guys. I'll see you in my driveway. If you want in the field, get up in here now. You want the big stage. Earn it. I've got a giant stack of golden tickets. Of Augustus Gloops, not Charlie Bucket. And what did I tell everybody to do? I said, say my name, a double dog, dare you. Wilmington. Take my golden ticket. And not one of you single clowns who claim that you're so tough over the phone is saying my name. Say Drizzle's name, say his name. He can't hang up his phone, right? Gonna do some drugs tonight. That guy is a lame. Brandon is a bitch on freezing. Because you can't spell Rich on Freezing without the B-I-C. Dude, where the hell is Mike Vick when we need him? Even Sarah McLaughlin wanted to take a hammer to that dog. Vic, what is this, your 20th smack off? All you had to do was stick with fake mouth the plumber and you have like seven titles. I got a whole lot of toilets to clean up. Who is Johannes? Johannes She just is a mess-faced kook. And Matt, if I were you, I would never... <laughs> Redneck and Richmond parlayed this into a season on my 600-pound life. I have to load and manage my lips for the 30th. You can either be great with me, bro, or you can watch your calls me with stupid ass lies. You can win with me or watch me win. Win what? Another positive herpes test? You're ashing an urn, bro. Now you're all on the clock. You're a bum. Get back in your lane. We are officially counting it down. Do you want to be part of an immortal group? Acknowledge me. I'm the age of all y'all's dads. God, I hate these guys. An extremely rare fraternity. I got to go back to work. I'm an online karate instructor. June 30th. Time to die. I do declare. I do declare. I do declare. Smack up number 29. Oh, ass bitch. Come get some. Come get some, you little bitches. On Wisconsin. I'm telling you, I can only hope the day of is as good as the promo. Great job, Alvin. Can you live up to the promo? We're going to find out June 30th. Invite only. If you're already in the field, you know it. If you're not, if you wonder, you're not. You can still get in. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. 
Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Big head bets. James Kelly. Head. Head, do you see what I'm dealing with here? Yeah, I don't know how to answer uh, Chad on that one, but special rules for special people, and Andy Reid is a great coach, one of the greatest coaches of this generation, and Mike McCarthy is one of the most overrated coaches of the gen- this generation, I guess. Well, that's got something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, Aaron Rodgers covered him for years and years. See, and that, years. that's the whole thing, that whole argument, Aaron, Aaron's not that good. Aaron only won one ring. Yeah, well, he won one ring having to play for Big Mike all those years. And a that makes um, me even better. front office that did not spend money and did not go out and get players to help Aaron. So there are a lot of things. But, yes, Mike McCarthy's coaching, number one. LaFleur, not much better, but a lot of things. There you go, Head. Way to show up. All right, so we're going into another huge weekend. So i got to drag you out for another edition of Big Head Bets. James Kelly joining us right now. Dude, I want to ask you how you're living. But more importantly, how has the gambling life been treating you of late? So the NBA Finals picked up a little bit. I got game two and three right. Missed game one last week, so that's a little bit better. But I did hit the uh, Mets last night to win, so that was horrible. Why, why, why would you do that? I, I don't know. I, I, I just Terry? liked it, and I thought it might happen. But Jimmy! You know, Buck liked the Big bet. head! Terry! <laughs> James! <laughs> don't you love that kid? I love that kid. I can hear him every single day. I think 15. it's like nine or it's ten years old now or something like that. Eight, nine years. I could, I, uh, he's the Buck. best. Buck. Yeah. Smoker. Terry. Terry. Buck. Terry. Buck. Terry. Hey, listen. Hey. listen, I can't Cinegard. lie. Uh-huh. So I hit the Panthers. How about this? I, yeah. And you are much better about going in-game than I am. I hit the Panthers on the money line in between periods one and two when they were tied. Ooh. So I felt pretty good about that. And then they started nice. doing what they do, committing a bunch of stupid penalties. Yep. And all of a sudden, the Golden Knights, right, who were like the worst team on the power play going into the postseason, suddenly can't miss. And, I mean, watching that game, I thought, well, this is what I get. I'm going to lose again. And then somehow, someway, they dig deep, and they find a way to get done and get me paid. Why am I saying that? Just to give myself credit. Well, that's Felt great, good. too, because I thought I had that series wrapped up because I hit Vegas to win it all, and I'm like, I got this thing, and bam, there you go. You won. I, I think lose. you still do have that thing wrapped up. They're the better team, obviously, right? I hope so. I think so. All right, yeah. so let's get to the weekend itself, okay. starting with Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Nuggets and Heat. I am still shocked, Ed, that the Heat showed up as lame as they did in Game 3 after ripping the home court from Denver. But at times, they do seem to remember that they are an eight seed mm-hmm. and not one of the best stories ever, right? What are you expecting in Game 4? Um, well, so the number real quick on that one, too. So Miami is the home dog tonight at plus three and a half points if you want them. Agree on the heat being up and down. But every single time, Jim, everyone assumes they're done. They do show up. And I expect actually tonight the same thing from Spoh's squad. But uh, John Gruden, I'm still going to bet against them and go with Denver but. here. But. Exactly right. I don't see Miami getting out-rebounded by 25 and outscored by 26 in the paint like they did in Game 3, but Denver's size is crushing them, and it will again tonight, especially with Bucket's efficiency on the offensive end. And while I think Miami shoots the three-ball better, I expect the same actually from Denver tonight. They only hit five threes in Game 3. Let's Trevor Price that thing and double it up a little bit. Also, Denver 
had double enough defensive hit. lapses on their own that I think uh, Chapass, Michael Malone. Sorry to interrupt. Trevor hit me up the other day. Trevor oh, just did? will randomly hit me up on these things with these super hot, super hot Trevor takes. Uh-huh. And I don't, I got to look at my phone. I don't remember what it was, but it was super random, out of nowhere, and super lava-esque. And he missed on it completely. And then like three hours later, he just wrote, never mind. It was like the most Trevor Price thing ever. He's so funny, man. He was on Twitter about some rant in some sport that he never got into, and I cannot remember it for the life of me, but he was going off like Trevor does. I'm going to so. see if I can find it. Go ahead. Keep doing your thing. And don't mind me. I'm just going to look at my phone. I want to see if I can find this, this yeah. text. Okay, that's fine. Uh, chap ass Michael Malone had plenty of stuff to rip his team's ass about last uh, See, don't, ch- don't, 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 don't chap ass him. You know that's I love Michael Malone. He's a chap ass. I think it's a Put compliment. that in your pipe. You yeah. smoke it. You okay. ripped their ass in film study, I think, because I think they had a lot of defensive laps, you know. Ripped their ass verbally, not like Poulter, but I think Denver plays better tonight. Blood in the water here, just like that, Poulter. I wonder if he did that to Jay Monahan's face this week for Live Golf. Dude, you're, you're only getting away with this because I'm looking at my phone. Here it is. Okay. Read the clones. That he sent me this on Thursday, June 1st. Read the clones this text tomorrow. The Heat win tonight, <laughs> then get run out of the building the next four. And then two hours later, he wrote, never mind. You should text him to ask him who he's going to hit tonight. I wrote, can... Trevor freaking Price, same as he ever was. He's the best. But he I say and then, then he tried to come here. back with another, quote, hot take. About LeBron retiring and then this whole thing. Yeah, I should, should ask him. He should work for a certain network. He'd be great there. He, right? Mm-hmm. But even if he's not doing that, we should ask him who he has tonight and just fade him hard. Yeah. I like what that. And we love you, Trev. That's right. You're just never right when it comes to gambling. Go ahead. <laughs> Denver minus three and a half here. I think they win it tonight. I think they cover it tonight. That would make nine of ten ATS over Miami for Denver and get them within one game of that Larry O. Denver minus three and a half. All right, Denver minus three and a half. Now, it feels like the Belmont Stakes sort of quietly snuck up on us, but here we are. Here the bleep we are. are. Different sort of race. The air quality is not good. Mm -hmm. Longest race any of these horses are ever going to run. How are you attacking this race? Yeah, a mile and a half race here. Forte is a favorite, just like he was in the Kentucky Derby before he was scratched. A really good horse. He's won six of seven races, including beating Mage twice. But with him trying to get that distance after 70 days on the sidelines, I'm going to stay away from him here. I like Angel of Empire, actually. He uh, looked great in the Arkansas Derby. He um, took third in the Derby on a horrible trip. The worry is if he could stay close because he is a closer um, and where Flavian Pratt will have him positioned. But I like Pratt, and this is Pratt's actually third time, I believe, at the Belmont, and he's been extremely close here, so I like him here. If you want to take a shot on somebody, I really like a horse called Arcangelo. At 8-1 to one here, Jim, he won the Peter Pan, and he looked really good. He beat a horse named Bishop's Bay, who's really, really good. He has gears. He has closing speed. And that mile and a half, which is huge here, the pedigree is in his blood. So I like him as a long shot if you want to take that. Uh, no, I like that. I like the value, and I can't stress it enough. Mile and a half is so far. Oh it is gosh. so, so, so far, especially running on the beach. Yeah. Running on the beach the way they do in Belmont. And they might not be able to see. But, right. You know, then there's but, that. And mm-hmm. I know Flavian Pratt. Pratt's an amazing jockey. An yes, amazing jockey. Love him. All right, so before we go, you've got UFC 289, which is in Canada, featuring the return of the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. But if you want to bet her, you're not going to get a very desirable number, and I know you. And because I know you, I know you will look for something else. Is there anything else on the card that does interest you? 
Great call on Amanda. She is a minus 325 mm. favorite here. So, yes, I will not touch that. I'm going to bet the uh, best fight of the night, big time, big time Fister. One of the greatest lightweights of all time, Charles Oliveira, is back after losing his strap to Islam. And he's actually the underdog against Benil Darius. Darius is the minus 145 favorite, and you can get plus money on Dubronx at plus 125. People are down on Charles right now, but I'm taking him here. Darius has won eight straight fights, but Charles had won 11 straight before losing the strap. And the last three were to the likes of Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, and Michael Chandler. Both guys here are world-class jiu-jitsu guys, but if Charles's chin can hold up here, I like him winning this fight. Let's go Charles, plus 125 money. I like that play. I like, I'm not saying that I'm going to hit that play, but I respect that play. Uh, I like that play. That is a great fight. Great fight. A great, great yes. fight. All right, so run this back. We cannot go into the weekend without having some subsequent action. Run it back for me one more time, top to bottom. Who are you playing this weekend? NBA Finals game four tonight, Denver minus three and a half at Miami. The Belmont Stakes and the return of the great Tom Durkin. Let's go Angel of Empire. And if you want a long shot, Arcangelo at eight to one. Love both those horses. UFC 289, Charles Oliveira plus 125 to beat Benil Dariush. I like it. Nice job, Head. Have a great weekend. Let's get paid. Let's make some money. Thanks, Jim. James, my man. What's going on? 31, 32, 33. Oh, sorry. I'm on the air. I, I was just counting my golden tickets. Jimmy, my man and Alvin, brother. Congrats on your newborn baby. I love the name. Glory Hole Deloro. Thanks for that one, Vic. Can someone please tell Mark in Hollywood that holding the boom microphone on set of Peter North's new documentary which, of course, is titled Two Courts North, is not an acting gig, Mark. The only acting you're doing on that set is diving to the ground when you hear Mr. North scream, heads up! And Benny and Crisco, I hope you win the smack off because we know you need the five grand to pay your rent. This, of course, is cutting a check to Caleb's mother. That's right, clones. Benny and Caleb live in the same basement, and rumor has it Caleb's mom plans fun weekly activities for the kiddos like Tidy Whitey Tuesdays and Cheese Fondue Fridays. And, of course, it always ends with Caleb and Benny arguing over who gets to be the ringleader of another wicked circle jerk. Oh, God, Jim, I just puked. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. So, again, what do I do? Uh, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Alvin's week that was, and then make a ruling. This, this literally, the judges need to go back to their scorecards and retabulate. Alvin, roll it. Welcome to the jungle. What's going on? A very good Monday too. My name is Jim Rome. Good to be here. Well, well, well. What do you know? We have ourselves a series. The NBA Finals just got really good. And right now, everybody who assumed that it was going to be a sweep or a landslide looks pretty stupid. I speak for my whole team when I say we don't give a yeah! This is the NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. It's the f***ing Finals, man. Like Back to Spolster, like, Ramona has a family. Oh, family! 
Did you really have to go scorched earth on her like that? The untrained eye. She's a lot. Twitter. What I can tell, I completely disagree with Miami's head coach, Sandy Duncan. See, idiot. I snap Logan at dinner when I've never used Snapchat before. And Jake starts to laugh. He's like, no, that's pop. Somehow, someway, he found his way to the Instagram story of him passed out face first on the couch. I can't believe you did me dirty like that, pop. My hair has grown wild and bushy. I am on camp. Uh, I, mean, I don't really know what the hell you're doing. Oh. Julian Edlow joining us. If you're going to chase after games like that, you got the type of money where you can go after it that many times, then have at it. But most people, yeah, I was wrong about this game. Let's start looking into the next one. The oh, earth that's is that's flat. Nice. We should I'm run it back. Clap, clap, clap. Deep in the heart of Texas. Signed. Stop that. I know the whole world's looking at me, but leave me the bleep alone. I'm just I'm trying to have dinner. But you got to chill. And it's the conference finals, man. And nobody's talked about me in 24 hours. Families of 9-11. I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. Breathtaking. So How hypocritical that is. Hey, Jay, are you no longer friends with those families? You know, are you kidding me about that? <laughs> Jimmy Ward. Oh, uh, Gino Smith said, I'm gonna count, uh, we're going to count out each other in. <laughs> he said, they all wrote me off, but I, I ain't right back. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. Oh, I'm, all, I'm all the way off. Why not bring your phone with you into the game and then in the huddle make in-game bets. I really feel strongly about the Anthony Richardson over-rushing. Christian Walker, my guest. Got to show some love to an older skip, man. Softball guy is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've, I've ever heard. Not hitting the cutoff in the $400 softball bat, man. That, you absolutely nailed that. You know what it's like? It's like Joy Division. Like, love will tear us apart. This brings me no joy. Just division. I'm trying to pick up the pieces too, broham. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. Because you are a hypocrite, dude. You're the very definition of a hypocrite. Because you did the very thing that you told everybody else not to do and that you would never do. But circumstances do change. Sound like my 18-year-old son. Plans change. Yeah, especially when the stack gets higher and higher and higher and higher. Then plans really change. Dan Wetzel joining us. If you think you're going to lose, you don't sit there last summer and have 9-11 families sending letters to Phil Mickelson and then turn your back so quick. God, man, that is some low dog stuff right there. Adrian Wojnarowski joining us. If you made every coach available in the NBA, all 30 teams, Eric Spolster would be number one. He'd be the highest paid coach in the league. He'd be the most pursued coach in the league. Everybody would fire the coach they have to go get Eric Spolstra. Then the Stucknut smack-off odds come out, and Mark in Boston is ahead of me, and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So Stucknut is cut off. And Mark, I know you didn't create the Stucknut odds, but you're cut off too, bitch. If I knew for a fact he was going to call in, I'd take the day off just to hear it. Love you, Mike. What a bad press room, by the way. Guys are putting up historical performances and numbers, and yet they're getting no shine whatsoever. None. Vincent Goodwill is all over it. Miami's best game is keeping you from playing your A game or even your B game. You're looking at your players, and you're probably challenging their all types of their manhood today in practice and shoot around. How many pieces of pizza? How much lava cake? Um, I... I've already gone through five pieces of pizza. That was excellent. The difference between me and these losers on the bubble, they would be satisfied getting a golden ticket. Where I'm only satisfied winning the whole bleeping thing. What do I do with that guy? You're in, V. Because I've got a golden ticket. The Jags open up their season at the Colts on September 10th. We are joined by Devin Lloyd once again. I am so great, and I just want to say whoever that was in the background, that was a great Duval. Please turn off that laser beam. Go get drunk and hook up with methylene. I love to see it. Consider that my... Larry's like, hey man, they didn't run me. They like me. Take some 
freaking adrenaline before the game. Caleb pull a Veruca salt and scream, I want to announce I want to knock off now! Oh. Everybody's breathe. Oh, amigo, Rasta la vista. Every favorite. Every favorite. I accept those criticisms. No. Romy. He just had a senior moment. Let him keep the ticket. Rick and Chico. He's not a senior, though. DB the Rocket guy. No! Don't take James's in Portland's golden ticket. He'll make the smack off better. All right, you know what? You've all been heard. You make your point. My reaction? It's gone, dude. The ticket's gone. James... You do make it better. You are one of the best callers. But undeniably, but there's a line. And you're crossing the line more and more frequently. Do I really need to put a moratorium on the phrase circle jerks? Apparently, yes. James, you you can get the golden ticket back. I'm not banning you from the competition. I am saying that that ticket you've been holding on to since August is now back on the stop, on the top of the pile. It's gone, dude. Come back in next week and get it back. But, dude, there are boundaries. There are lines. I keep telling you. You can't do whatever you want on the daytime show. CBS, middle of the day, TV, radio. We have lines, boundaries. You can get on the line, step over the line, look over the line, but you can't live on the other side of the line. And that's what's happening. That goes for everybody. Even the dog crossed the line. You're not being singled out. I want you to be aggressive. I want you to be edgy. I want you to be dangerous, but I don't want you to be irresponsible or reckless or get us in trouble. You are now without. I just took all 37 of your golden tickets. Mark in Hollywood. Mark, what's going on? Bro, how are you going to lecture us on four-letter bombs when you just dropped one? You what to end? Shift. Uh-huh. Yo, uh, I'm just high on Adroninin right now, and uh, I wanted to point out to you earlier this week that dude that emailed you and called you a liberal shill for CBS, he's got you pegged, bro. No one wants to hear your left-wing kooky takes about the PGA live merger, all right? So, Jim, why don't you just get back in your potato-powered smart car Head to your 100% solar-powered biodegradable home. Have a Friday cheat meal of a kale shake and a manure burger. Shroom up and spend your weekend chained to an endangered cactus with Bernie Sanders and Willie Nelson. Happy indictment day. So, Jim, this is my official RSVP, but let's be honest with each other. Can you say with absolute certainty that if the Saudis rolled up on you and offered to sponsor the smack-off, you turned them down? Hell no, you wouldn't. Business is business. Picture this. Smack off 2024. All right, the bell rings. The song Arabian Nights from Aladdin drops. Then announcer guy comes in. Live from Saudi Arabia, this is the Jim Rome Show. Smack off 30. Please don't ask us about our human rights record. 
Jim, I can taste that $500 million prize money right now. And besides, no one is going to call you a hypocrite if you sell out, all right? It's not like you're Jay Monahan and you made some self-righteous speech saying, you know, when I think about the family of bitch-ass Mike and Indy and how disappointed they are in him for being a scared coward who cried like a hoe and quit, or when I think about the family of Jeff in Richmond because he tripped over his one foot and fell on his family, flattening them like pancakes. There's no way I could ever do business with the Saudis. No, dude, the only issue I can foresee, other than them not allowing Amber in because she's Portland woman and maybe unkempt, and them not allowing James in because he's obsessed with the sex life of another man, is I'm not sure they'll allow the returning champ, Caleb, to participate. Not because Caleb looks like a bald Jared Fogel, and not because he's a, he expressed his phallic insecurities on Rick and Buffalo, because Rick jumped him when he announced smack-off season, which made Caleb pull a Veruca Salt and scream, I want to announce the smack-off now! No, the reason why they won't let him participate is because Caleb is likely to die in the Saudi Arabian desert, which would cause an international incident. Uh, hello? It's sunny and a billion degrees there. As soon as Caleb plops off the plane, he's going to start sweating out Crisco and chocolate syrup until he has a stroke and collapses in a pool of his own melting pig fat. See you on the 30th, Jimmy. Oh, that call had a family. It did too, dude. Rack him. Good night now.